You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to all. It is uh, Wednesday, and call it an audible here, <laughs> kind of like yesterday. It's just coincidence, two days in a row Sage was sick yesterday, so I did um, power ranks, which which worked out fine. Um, I like to do those at least once a month anyway, so that worked out well. A lot of you guys wrote back, loved them, so cool. Um, they weren't easy, as always, but I was just trying to get in touch with my man Mike Renner and talk as we always do on Wednesdays. He's from Pro Football Focus, great guest, consistent guest, and he doesn't have Wi-Fi, so... <laughs> I'm kind of playing this one by the seat of my pants, and I'm just going to kind of do the same show with or without him. So, Mike, you're missed, but i got to move on, and I'm going to talk about the Pro Football Focus quarterback ranks. And Mike compiled these and had a nice write-up on all 32, and the title of it is, I want to discuss it with him, of course, but the title of it is, Ranking all 32 teams' quarterback play through Week 11. So, no real surprises at the top. I mean, it's, well, kind of. I mean, Breeze is one, Mahomes is two. Like, I don't think any of you are out there going, wow, that's hard to believe. I mean, Breeze's completion percentage is unbelievable. He's not just completing easy throws. Mahomes is certainly turning the ball over more than Breeze. I mean, it is not valuing the football. We saw that against the Rams in a big way. But I did find it a little surprising because I think in the general opinion, those two stand alone as the top contenders for MVP. And I do think that's true. But I was a little shocked that Breeze was as big a gap from one to two. I mean, that to me was the the thing that was a little shocking. But it's for all those reasons I just mentioned. But So what I'm saying here is like Breeze, and then there's a pretty big gap. Like Mahomes at two is closer to Goff at three than he is Breeze at one. Like that surprises me a little bit. And I wanted to ask Mike a little bit about that. But I can understand it because, again, that's not a knock on Mahomes at all. It's just been Breeze has been unbelievably efficient. I mean, unbelievably efficient. I guess at Goff at three surprises me a little, but I mean, we just came off a massive game. Um, if I were to guess, and to me, so, so, so I guess what I'm saying here, some of this is a discrepancy between how I think they're playing and how Pro Football Focus is grading them. And I think Pro Football Focus is great. I think it's a great tool. But to me, luck is having clearly the third best season of any quarterback in the league. Um, Goff has been phenomenal, and I'm sure if you just break it down like they do play-by-play, play, I mean, he has a lot more around him. He has more more advantages than luck. But to me, if in like the when you talk about the, um, the top quarterbacks in the league or who's third in the MVP race, to me, it's luck. Um, that's not a knock on Goff. He's come a really long way. This surprised me a little because Luck's all the way down six. Rodgers and Brady are four and five. And I think you can kind of look at them and say they're not having typical Rodgers and Brady years. And I think that's true. Um, 
one little note on Rodgers he has here is that he's thrown the ball away 43 times a season, and he's taken 30 sacks. Uh, both those are, are the former, for the, the throwaways are paced to be pro football focus records. You know, they pay attention to all those things. But I think some of that adds up. I mean, if you're playing on one leg, throw the ball away as opposed to taking a sack or extending the play. And he also doesn't elude the rush early in the year as well as he used to, or as well as he did um, totally healthy. So those numbers don't surprise me. It does surprise me that Rodgers and Brady are quite that high considering the year. You know, Philip Rivers is at seven. I would say he's had a better year, although came back to earth a little lately, than either Brady or Rodgers in a nutshell. But a couple ones high that might make you go, hmm. Russell Wilson at eight, I thought, was interesting because he's not attempting many passes. You know, he's still playing extremely well and isn't turning the ball over. They just become real run-centric. So I still think that there's another shoe to drop with the, the Seahawks offense. You know, that Wilson is so good and is playing it better than ever that I do think after the foundation has been built, I hope they they open things up a little bit more and become a little higher percentage pass once they've established that they're a run team and kind of reinvented the offensive culture. Um this one will shock all of you. Uh, Andy Dalton's at nine. And I'm just going to read this one verbatim. But Andy Dalton has quietly made some of the most impressive downfield throws of his career this season. That doesn't surprise me either. I mean, he's, he has connected on some nice throws downfield, usually to A.J. Green, but sometimes to Boyd and Ross. And I'll get back to it here. His 23 big-time throws rank sixth in the NFL and have already matched his total from a season ago of 28. Dalton has also been victimized by the third worst drop rate of any quarterback this season, with 10.5% of his on-target passes being dropped. That's important. I mean, that's obviously out of his hands. And when they lay it out that way, I can't really argue. And in a, a big problem with Dalton last year, you fantasy people know that had him. And, you know, things like he's got more he's he's going to pass his big time throw rate here in the next in the next couple days. Well, they ran by far the fewest plays in the league last year. So, it's hard to compile numbers if you're not, you know, extending drives and some of that's his fault, but the line was so bad, they had no running game, there's injuries. So, I do think Dalton probably and by myself included gets probably too much heat than he deserves. Um, he is a quality starting quarterback. I don't think he's the ninth best quarterback in the league, and I don't think they do either, but that's how he ranks with their numbers. So um, Kirk Cousins at 10, I didn't love the signing, and I thought, wow, you know, but I've, I, I, it's not a move I would have made, especially for the money and the investment, but he's been very good for the Vikes. I mean, I think he and the team and management are probably very happy with that move. Matt Ryan at 11 has just been... Really up and down. Um, had some really good moments and some so-so moments. Speaking of up and down, this one is really interesting. <laughs> they got Jameis Winston at 12. And then they have a note here. Tampa Bay's rank takes into account a combination of Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So these are team grades. I'm not sure that makes it better or worse. Because I think Winston has outplayed Fitzpatrick, although it's been a back-and-forth situation. Certainly did on Sunday. And I really, 
I feel like I'm the ultimate Jameis supporter. I mean, ever since we've been doing this, I've been in his corner. And I kind of feel like I know that it's a risk that if he gets injured, you're on the hook for him for $20 million next year. But I think he's potentially still the answer. And I know everyone's out there like, come on, Williams, would you get off the Winston train? I think the organization around him is really poor. I don't know that I would just cut ties with him. I mean, I could see him go somewhere else that cultivates quarterbacks a little better and him turning into a star. Reel him in a little bit. not like Sort of like what they're doing with Russell Wilson, you know, in, in Seattle, like we just talked about. But I would roll with Winston the rest of the year to better evaluate that situation. Because, frankly, you just kind of know who Fitzpatrick is. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and then talk about some more names that stand out on this list. And then we're going to finish up the show. I'm going to pick the three Thanksgiving games against the spread. It's a good slate. So I'll be right back. All right, all right. We kind of went over the top dozen. The next couple guys don't surprise me either. Wentz at 13, Newton at 14, Watson at 15. But I'm going to hit home here a little bit with Roethlisberger at 16. And this is another one I want to read verbatim because, in a way, Sunday's game kind of shows what he's been this year. You know, that it's some really bad stretches, especially early in the year. Remember the whole, there's a disconnect between Ben and A.B. No, there was just Ben not being able to hit A.B. That's what happened at the beginning of the year. And then he got really hot. And then, like that Jags game, they couldn't move the ball. He's making bad decisions left and right. But in typical Ben fashion, and he just passed Elway in this capacity all time, of bringing teams back for game-winning drives. He figures a way in the fourth quarter, gets hot. There's some clutchness to him. So I thought they, they spelled this out really well. So Roethlisberger has been about as boom or bust as one can get this season outside of those quarterbacks for the Bucks. they put in parentheses. He has the second most turnover-worthy plays of any quarterback. 16 of them. I mean, and trust me, I've watched every throw. That number might be low. <laughs> they might be conservative there. But also the fourth, fourth most big-time throws of 27. And that number might be low, too. I mean, he's made some throws that are jaw-dropping this year. At the same time, the talent around Roethlisberger has carried him a good deal statistically. I think this is interesting. He's gained the lowest percentage of his yards through the air of any quarterback this season, just 45.2%. So people were helping him out after the catch. You know, you've seen the highlights of Vance McDonald trucking people or A.B. getting free and taken to the house. So those things add up to me. Um, Stafford at 17, I don't really blame him. I just think there's a lot of change, maybe dysfunction going on there. Uh, my hunch is Dak is rising up the charts. He's now at 18 with uh, Cooper on board. Alex Smith is 19. Um, unfortunately, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Of course, unfortunately, his season's over. But I don't think McCoy changes things all that much for them. I'm not saying he's an upgrade. Of course not. But I don't think he changes things or rocks the boat all that much. Then you got... Marcus Mariota, you got Baker Mayfield, you got Joe Flacco, you got Eli Manning, you got Nick Mullins, you got Case Keenum. I mean, like these dudes are all struggling, underachieving, except for Baker. I mean, Baker kind of stands alone 
and I think this is accurate from the eyeball test or watching tape too of which quarterback, which rookie quarterbacks are having the best year. Well, clearly it's Mayfield. That doesn't mean that he's going to be the best forever and ever and ever, but I think he's clearly having the best year of the rookies. And then we get down into you know Derek Carr at twenty six. I mean, like that's disappointing. And I would probably have him up higher as to who's having a better year. But holy cow, um, this is there's a little note here on him too. Is Carr has converted pressure to sacks? <laughs> like that's usually the other way around. That's a, a number you want defensive linemen to have. Twenty seven point one percent of the time. That's second most in the NFL. And his passer rating of 48.9 under pressure only beats Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. So, <laughs> and that's always been a knock on him. You know, that's why the Raiders and McKenzie and these guys invested so much in offensive linemen. That was a knock on him coming out of school. You know, pressure is a problem for him. Blake Bortles is 27. He's awful. I'm sorry. I mean... Here's a little note on him. On passes attempted into anything resembling tight coverage this season, Bortles has completed only 37.5 for his 37.5% of his passes. Only Josh Allen has been worse. I mean, you watch that Steelers Jags game and they couldn't have tried to hide and camouflage their quarterback anymore. And I think the Steelers finally caught on and realized holy cow, they have less faith in him than we even thought. And all we got to do is stop the run. I mean, and I forget who was talking about it, but it was really well said that being Blake's play caller would be awful because you want him just to be an Alex Smith game manager. You know, you'd love him to be like where Dak Prescott is right now. But not only is he doesn't execute those things, but he's not on top of the game management, you know, of can't take a sack here, takes a sack. You know, like, come on, man. Like, you're not helping in any way. And I do think he probably takes a little too much heat considering what's around him there. But, oh, my Lord. I mean, again, I can't say this enough this week. I can't believe the Jags did nothing at this position to – over the offseason. It's unbelievable to me. Um, there's two guys here at the bottom. I mean, Trubisky at 28, Rosen at 30. I'm still very much a Rosen fan. I mean, I do think there are growing pains. I think some of these rookies, Rosen at the top of the list, are really hard to evaluate considering who's blocking for them. I mean, his line is really, really poor. Throwing him behind there is a losing proposition. I'm not saying it's be Peyton Manning or Troy Aikman, but maybe this year ends up like those guys' rookie year where he looks back and says, I took a beating, I learned the hard way, pull myself up by the bootstraps type of thing. Um, yeah, so I understand why he would statistically be 30, but I still have not wavered that I think he's going to be a really good player. Trubisky at 28 is interesting, considering how successful that team is, um, the numbers he puts up. You're starting him in fantasy and you're thrilled about it. Runs like crazy. And I do think he's progressing well, you know, slowly but well. And Sage and I have had some really good conversations on Tuesdays about him. Um, it shocks me that he's all the way down to 28, to be honest. Then to round it out, again, 
I don't know if these guys are going to be good or bad, but it's just really difficult to judge. Darnold, he's at 31. Allen at 32. Um, <laughs> they both need to get back in the lineup, though. I mean, let's give them every rep they can. Supporting cast clearly is a problem. So we'll see. But I also expect these offenses and these teams to look massively different a year from now. So we'll hold out, hold out hope for sure. I mean, let's not bury any of these rookies. Of course, Lamar Jackson isn't even on here yet. Um, I hope he starts the rest of the year. Just another quarterback note. So, all right, that's a wrap on that. Let's take another break, and then I want to pick these two, um, or these three, really good Thanksgiving games. Speaking of Trubisky, he travels to Detroit, where the Bears are favored by three. And people might not realize this, but only three defenses are allowing more points per game than the, the Bears. That isn't shocking to you, I'm sure. And I think it's the best defense in the league. And that bar has gone down compared to previous years. But only five teams are scoring more points per game than Chicago. Which, again, Trubisky must have done something right in, the, in this regard. Um, Detroit's a hard team to wrap your head around. And I do want to make a note, and we talked about this, you know, sort of fantasy stuff in a, in a while back, that I think Kenny Galladay is an absolute star in the making. And every step of the way, like, lost Golden Tate, is that going to be too hard on Galladay? No. Lost Jones, everyone's going to roll their covers to Galladay. I don't care. I mean, I think he's really, I'm not saying he's A.J. Green, but I think he's, you guys know I don't throw the words wide receiver one around very often. I think he's a wide receiver one for the very long term. That being said, they are a very inconsistent team and a really hard team for me to wrap my head around. And I get the whole Lions at home on Thanksgiving thing. Maybe that gives them a boost. But the Bears have so many weapons. And I know Trubisky might not play. And that's okay. I mean, I still am going to take the Bears. I just think that they'll be able to distribute the ball to enough guys to exploit linebackers, back seven. Will the, the Lions get to the quarterback, rushing the passer? I have my doubts there. Could Stafford light these guys up? I don't see it. I mean, where was he on the, on the passer ranks? He was like 17th, something like that. And that's about where that passing game and that quarterback has been this year. You know, Khalil Mack and these guys on prime time, I'm sure this defense is going to be roaring. Uh, I, I'll give you three. I'll, I'll take the Bears here. Um, big game. We talked about the Washington quarterback situation, and nobody seems to want to win this division. Dallas is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, though. That Redskins D is still pretty darn good. And is Dallas dropping 30 on you, 35 on you to, to run away with it? I think Washington still keeps it close, and this is a tough, grinded-out game. Um, I know the, the Redskins' offensive line is in shambles, and that really worries me, especially from a protection standpoint, because Dallas can get after the quarterback. But I don't think Dallas can run and hide and therefore, I think you'll still get Peterson in the third and fourth quarter. I think Dallas controls the game, 
is the better team. Seven and a half is just a little too rich for me, though. I mean, if this was five and a half, I'll, t I'll take Dallas. And I, again, I want them to win. But seven and a half seems like it's, you know, that half might come back to kill you. All right, last game. A lot of talent on these fields for, for a Thursday afternoon, evening, turkey day. Falcons go to the Saints. Ooh. Primetime game that everyone's watching in New Orleans. As hot as they are, New Orleans is a 13-point favorite. They're scoring the most points per game. Atlanta's allowing the 29th most points per game. Man, I mean, we know the Falcons always allow a lot of running back receptions. Are they going to have an answer for, you know, Breeze was the number one quarterback, I mean, and clearly, and at home. I think Matt Ryan will be under pressure. I think that secondary's been okay. Lattimore, I think, does a nice job on Julio. I'm sure Julio gets his. But I don't think Atlanta can run the ball. That's a good run defense. I don't think they shorten the game. I think that Drew Brees will find one, two, three options he likes every every play. <laughs> I mean, I know that's an exaggeration, but you get my feeling. Come to the line. All right, boy, they're rolling coverage towards Michael Thomas. I'm going to dump it to Kamara, and he's going to smoke this linebacker for 30 down the sideline. You know, like, or Traquan Smith, I think, could have a really big day here, too. Buzzsaw to me. Primetime game in New Orleans, the way they're playing, divisional game. I can't take Atlanta. I know 13's a lot of points, but I can't take Atlanta. I bet they lose by 20. I just think the Saints are on fire. So I do apologize for a little bit of the improv, but it's still a fun show, and it was exactly what we were going to talk about with Mike anyway. So he'll be back next week, as will Sage. Uh, no Sando tomorrow, Thanksgiving. All you guys enjoy your family, enjoy the football. And then I will return on Friday to talk all the other games. You know, we will pick them all at our friends at my bookie, straight up and against the spread. That's where I got these spreads from as well. Um, so good stuff. And I absolutely urge you to check out the rest of the Locked On Network. All kinds of great work being done there. And if you want more in-depth analysis of Saints Falcons, go check out those respective Locked On podcasts as well. Leave me a review at iTunes. We seem to be growing very fast. Thank you very much for all that. And for all you new listeners, it's great to have you on board. Over and out.